Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. My name is Shanti, and I'm so happy that you're here today because today we're going to enhance your ability to trust and believe in your headspace when it comes to your fitness, your nutrition, and your mental health. I have some stories for you and some tips that's going to help you have a clear headspace so that you can continue to trust and believe in who you are. Somebody say and it's time to trust and believe. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, everyone. I have to tell you guys a really interesting story that I don't think I told on my podcast. Like I always say, I'm getting old. I feel like my grandfather. I'm like telling a story and then I'm always like, did I tell that story before? But if I did, it's okay because it's going to be very, very relevant to this podcast. I would say maybe five or six years ago, probably six or seven years ago, because it was before my kids. I just had crazy, terrible anxiety and it was exacerbated with something so small i could have had a weird bowel movement one day or i could have had a stomach ache or even a headache from one night to the next morning and i would just go in this downhill spiral of like googling what happens if you have a headache behind your right eye and it would just be really crazy But my friend came from Germany and we were playing tennis and we were having a good time, but she was leaving. And the next day, Scott and I were leaving and traveling to the UK. And the night before I took um, magnesium, I don't know why, my friend told me she was, she's a tennis coach. She was like, hey, take this magnesium. I'm like, okay, cool. So I took the magnesium the night before. I woke up in the morning and I had a crazy bowel movement. Like it was wild. And my head literally started to explode. I went to Google. I was stressed out. And we got on a plane. I was stressed the whole flight. This was supposed to be an enjoyable experience. We were flying from Phoenix to London for the first time on this new route that American Airlines had. It was just like so fun. Me and Scott were so excited. But I had this underlying anxiety, like what's going on? Literally from one morning of going to the bathroom. And... I have to say that three days into the trip, I just 
was in this headspace, not really able to enjoy the experience of this trip because I had just so much anxiety. And I realized that I was allowing crazy thoughts into my headspace. And that was a time where I had to realize that I had to take back the real estate in my mind and not continue to put negative things in there because not only was it affecting me, but it was affecting Scott. It was affecting this trip. And thank God he is literally one of the calmest, longest fused people I know. Like it takes a really long time to piss him off, which, you know, as the pisser offer in a relationship and the button pusher, <laughs> it's probably a good thing because I'm always pushing his buttons. But when it comes to having a spouse that can actually go down this really crazy road with you so you don't just really self-destruct, having somebody like him is really great. But I also had to think to myself, I have to not allow all of this stuff into my head and allow it to take over this real estate. And so it was at that time that I started to really think about the things that I let into my mind and how it can ruin a lot of stuff. And so in today's time, I still use that. I really use some of the tools, which were really thinking things through. Scott would always say, what are the facts? You know, when it comes to anxiety, it's like kind of what fear is, false evidence appearing real, or I'm just exacerbating a situation that truly doesn't exist or something that happens one time that's not happening, especially when it comes to health, that's not happening, you know, two weeks in a row. Why am I going down this crazy dark path for something that happened once? And so, like I said, that's the time where I started to realize I have to start to not pack my brain with things that are just not real. And they're actually normal things that happen to people every day. And so in today's time, literally in present day, I am now using that tool of not allowing things to overtake my brain and take the space in my head. And I try to keep a really positive attitude. I use the word try because I still have moments that I have to use these tools to get that negativity out or to not even let it in. It's kind of like, you know, when you cook pasta and you have the strainers, like I want to keep the pasta. I want to get rid of the water. So I kind of have the strainer on the outside of my head and I'm like, I want the good stuff to stay in here and the bad stuff to leave. Anyway, I say all that to say, when it comes, I'm going to start with my fitness and how I keep a really good headspace when it comes to my fitness, keeping it positive, keeping it exciting. First and foremost, and I hope you do this, I have my notes here because I don't want to forget, but a lot of times, you know, I ask myself, what am I doing? When I go to the gym and I open that door or before I push play on my, on my workouts or before I rehearse a workout, I ask myself, what am I doing? And what am I doing this for? Right. And so it's less about whether I'm doing legs or biceps or cardio or insanity max 30. It's less about that. It's just like, what am I doing and what am I doing it for? Making sure that my intention as to why I'm working out that particular day is actually going to benefit me in a really good way. And there's a lot of people out there who may not know the answer to that question every single day, but with consistency, you will start to unpack some of those things or start to realize some of those things that are actually working for you. For example, you know, when you start working out, you might not realize that you have more energy when you work out. You might not realize that you have stronger muscles than you thought you had. Some people don't even want to do a push-up because they're like, I can't, but then they realize they can do one and they believe it's possible. For me, in my specific situation, 
it came down to me having a lot of pain and specifically in my knees. A lot of you know, I had stem cell therapy a few times, which actually really worked for me. I had one not bad stem cell situation, but I had one inflammation situation that kind of made me like kind of reevaluate that. But technically, I've realized that when I go to the gym now that I've gotten rid of a lot of my knee pain because of the way I train now. And so I'm just going to give you guys this. So years ago, when I did my very first test group for hip hop abs, there would be, you know, I think I had 50 people in the class of all different shapes and sizes and walks of life. It was amazing with so many different people. But one of the things that was really common amongst a lot of people is that, oh my gosh, like I'm enjoying this workout. It's so fun, but I have knee pain. And I remember having to tell people to push through the pain. Check with your physician first. Don't just push through anything that's really, really hurting. But a lot of people had to tell, you know, push through the pain. And they realized when they lost weight or when they when they got stronger, they miraculously were like, oh my gosh, the pain went away. And so they had talked about a lot of times before they started working out, they would just feel pain, whether it be in their elbow, their shoulder, their back, and they would just be like, oh, I'm in pain. I have to stop. I can't do anything. And so I remember telling them that, but I started to feel pain in my knees. Like I told you, stem cell therapy and all this stuff. And when I started lifting weights, like I do now, I remember in the very beginning, I would be doing walking lunges and I couldn't even use the weight with the walking lunges uh, because I was so used to doing them in my workouts and I had my range of motion. I was like, I don't have weight. I'm good. But when I started to do this new motion, it was painful. Cut to, I'm now like 10 months into my training in my new way. And I'm doing these exercises and I have no pain. And the reason why I have no pain is because I've gotten stronger. So my whole point to this is I ask myself, when I go to the gym every day, or if I'm training every day with my trainer, I'm like, why am I doing this? And for me, I am helping my joints. And why am I telling you this by way of fitness? It's because a lot of times when you feel pain, or if you go into fitness, maybe you don't feel strong. Maybe you don't feel cardiovascularly fit, what happens is you start to go in your head and you start to doubt things and you start to say, oh my gosh, I can't do that. And then there's a lot of things that you can't do. And so you end up giving up and then you end up starting over again. When, if you just kind of stay consistent, I always say check with a physical therapist or something like that. But when you stay consistent with what it is that you're doing, you will start to see the progress. And the progress not only happens in your body, but it happens in your mind. So the more you stay fit, the more you work out, really at the end of the day, the more you stay consistent, the more you're going to start to see these positive things happen that doesn't even necessarily have to deal with how big your biceps are. Or even if you are growing in your quads and your quads are popping, it's just like simple things. Like for me, it's like, wow, the knee pain is gone. I can do sissy squats now. I don't know if you know what they are, but <laughs> sissy squats is actually a really funny name. But I can do sissy squats now. We're used to like push through my toes and I would have this knee pain when I would come up from the squat. And now I just feel really good. And so today specifically, I go to the gym and now I have like a clear headspace because I'm not going in to my workout saying, oh my gosh, like this is going to be so hard. And I'm filling my head with these negative things that are not going to benefit my workout because I'm already going in on the defense. So I say all that to say to you, when it comes to your fitness, I want you to really and truly think about why you are doing this outside of aesthetically 
physical result. When you step outside of that, you think about how it's benefiting your mind in a different way and you can have much more positive things going on in your head. Not only will you stay consistent, you'll probably enjoy getting up and going to the gym. You'll probably enjoy not putting the pressure on yourself to have this particular body. And you will just be like, I feel a little freer because the benefits are beyond the body. The benefits are beyond the aesthetics. The benefits are beyond the weight loss. There's many more benefits, which in turn will make you happier and healthier in your mind as you are going through your wellness and fitness journey. So the next thing I want to talk about is food. I know all of you love food. And while I think I've told you this particular food nutrition plan, if you will, that I was on before, I want to tell you again, because I want to do the comparison and contrast of what I'm doing now, but more focused on how food and what I'm eating mentally affects me and how I can have a better headspace and a better relationship with food. And I know we talk about food quite often here, but I think this will help you as well. So when I was filming Asylum, and I, like I said, I don't know if I told you this before, but listen up because it means something. When I was filming Asylum, I would actually get up at five o'clock in the morning, 5.55 to be exact. I would be at the diner down the street. I would eat eight egg whites with avocado, a piece of toast, black coffee, and a cantaloupe. And I would eat that, and I was like, yes, I have my breakfast. I would go home. I would change. I would go to rehearsal. The minute rehearsal was over, it was like three hours later, I would have an egg white omelet with chicken, something simple. Then I would leave. Not only would I leave the rehearsal where I was actually fitnessing and doing workouts, eating, I would then go to the gym to work out for me. Now I'm in my second workout of the day. I finished that workout. I would have like a little bit of sweet potatoes and salmon. I would leave the gym. I would leave the gym. I would walk from like 14th and Broadway-ish area in New York City, if you know New York City. I would walk to the West Side Highway to this place called Chelsea Pier. And I would do a track interval workout because they had a track inside. I would literally go in there and be like, all right, I did my lifting. I'd practice asylum. Now I can go do my intervals. I would run 800 meter intervals. I would time myself. I would not take a cab or the subway. I would literally walk from Chelsea Piers, which is like down there, like I think like near 17th Street. Can't remember. And I would, I lived on 42nd and the West Side Highway. So I would walk 1027, 37, 25 blocks ish up the West Side Highway. Now, I'm, that's more exercise. I would then go have sushi, just a little bit of rice. I was like minimizing my carbs. And then I would go to a dance class that night. And then I would finish the night with a salad and like sometimes like a handful of French fries. Now, some of you guys might look at that like, wow, that's an incredible day. But mentally, that is not an incredible day. Because when I look back at that, while I had a love for that physical exercise and I had a love for staying consistent with my nutrition and I had the time, it was really great. There was also the flip side of that, that it was like an obsession. And what I didn't tell you, what came with that is when I was in every locker room or bathroom, depending on where I was rehearsing or teaching dance or working out or doing my track intervals, I was constantly looking in the mirror. Like, what do my abs look like? What percent body fat am I? Like, do I have this vein? 
how lean am I? Like, am I under 100, you know, 88 pounds? So there's like this consistency that's happening, which in a sense is good if I was like a professional athlete, but mine was like a very unhealthy headspace with this nutrition that I was on because the nutrition wasn't positive because it was, it was basically negatively affected by me making my aesthetics and my body fat and my weight the most important thing, not my actual health. And so all of that, which felt really good because I looked really good, and even though I look really good, I'm still picking apart my body. Well, it may seem like, wow, like all this consistency is great. The headspace is just like, you're absolutely wrecked. Because then it comes to a point where I have to go on camera. And then I go and I get on camera and I'm constantly judging how I look. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk about the nutrition then. I know a lot of you out there have kind of been through that where you're like, I'm going to eat these small meals through the day. I'm going to restrict myself. I'm going to try to do two or more workouts today. I'm not really enjoying it, but I'm so obsessed with the way I look. You know, we had an episode on body dysmorphic disorder. You're probably telling yourself I'm not where I want to be, or I'm not happy where, with where I am. And it's nuts. It's the craziest thing because really you probably look amazing from the people on the outside, but your head is not there. So fast forward to now, and I was like 2010, I fast forward to now, 2023, 13 years later, and I am eating <laughs> so much more food. I weigh, I think it was 183 pounds in my lightest. I'm, now I'm like 213, 214. I, I have to weigh myself and I'm not stressed about it because of just the show that I'm going to do. So 83, 93, 103, 113 is like 30 pounds heavier. I'm stronger. I'm not deprived myself. To be quite honest, I'm eating so much fruit. I'm like, damn, man, I wish I always knew this. You know, I'm like, I wish I always knew this. I get my blood work done. I'm like, con like I'm drinking enough water. I'm taking my vitamins. I'm not looking in the mirror now to be like, how ripped am I? I look at it as a sport and an art now. And it's super fun to look at my body and see the growth. I focus more on the growth instead of like before I focused on like the loss. And I'm in a phase right now in my journey where I'm putting on muscle. My workouts are two hours. I literally, back in the day, I mean, the thing about this, I was working out probably two plus, more than two hours with the story I told you. It was working out going to a negative headspace. And now I'm having a good time. I'm smiling the whole way through. Like I was talking about before, have less pain in my muscles. I'm enjoying it. It's a challenge. And it's like a redefining of my love for fitness and a redefining of my love for nutrition. Now, some people that might be like, oh my God, that stresses me out because I have to eat probably like six meals a day. I use the word have to lightly, but it is just such a breath of fresh air to even go out to dinner with, like Scott and I went out to dinner with our friends or even when I go out with just any of my friends. And now I'm like, 
I just don't eat things that hurt me. I just don't eat dairy. I barely eat many sauces anymore. But now, like, when I go to a restaurant, I eat. I'm like, give me the rice, whether it's salmon, whether it's steak, vegetables, and I eat massive amounts. And I'm not sitting down to eat my food being like, how small can I make these portions? I'm not doing that at all. If dessert comes, like, I know what hurts my body. If there's sorbet, I'm getting it. Why am I doing that? Why am I excited about that when it comes to my nutrition? Because I know I'm doing the work and I know I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's just in a positive space where what I was doing was the deprivation was making me look great, but I didn't really feel great and I wasn't happy with the way that I looked. And so what's really, really interesting and really great is I had a conversation with a woman today as I was leaving the gym and we kind of had more of a conversation about the body dysmorphic disorder stuff. And, you know, we were saying how there's a lot of people in the gym that started out a certain way, like meaning trainers. There's a lot of fitness professionals that start out because they were overweight or because of anything. Like I have friends that started out because they had, you know, anorexia disorder or bulimia. And now they're in this place where they're healthy, which is really great because there's, they can relate to their clients. But I was having this conversation. We were just talking about how free it is now to be able to like eat something so simple of being able to eat, but also combine it with loving your workouts, also combining it with checking in with your doctor more often. I will say that now I get my blood work done. I get a full blood panel, hormones. Once a month, I have to get this done. It's just like really fun to be able to have the overall wellness. And the whole point is my head right now, like if before was at like maybe at a two or a three of healthiness. Now it is like, I would say a nine. I, I don't think anything's a 10 because there is that desire to want to get bigger. It doesn't come with the heaviness and the negativity. And a, and a lot of that, is because I don't have the food negativity there. I'm not trying not to eat or trying to be super thin. Now, there are some people who are naturally thin and they have natural, you know, uh, appetites that work for them and it's fine. But for me, I realized at six foot, trying to stay 188 pounds, it just wasn't the healthiest for me. And now being almost six one, if you want to be exact. And now being my height and being 214, hopefully 217 in a happy way I'm excited about, it's just like so amazing. It just feels so good. I feel so strong. So I said that to say, I want you to evaluate your nutrition and how you combine it, whether it's with your fitness or maybe you're not a fitnesser, right? I have maybe like 3% times where I crave something, but there's 0% of the time where I eat it and I feel bad about eating it because my relationship with my food is amazing. Like even, you know, my husband, Scott, look, we built a bar in our house and Scott, all I got to do is say, you know, I feel like having a drink today. Two minutes later, it is in front of me. It could just be a thought out loud. Now there are times where I'm like, babe, balls, you know, darn well. He's like, Hey, you know what I mean? You ask and you shall receive. But even if I had those moments or he wants to have a drink, you know, I usually only drink one day a week now on my Sundays because my fun day. But if on a Thursday we do it, I don't say, oh, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Like, this is cool. Like, I don't have this guilt behind it. And so I want you to find that however you need to find it. We have 
lots of podcasts here in the, on Trust and Believe, especially if you're a new subscriber. You can go back and check out our food podcasts, like things we talk about. We have some really great guests. So anyway, I want you guys to really try to find out and, and internalize how you feel about your food and your nutrition when you're going out to eat with your friends or if you're going to brunch. You know, I understand if you're in the middle of a show or you're in the middle of like, you want to do something or a photo shoot. I totally get that. Completely understandable. And you want to feel good and you might not want to be bloated or like I call leathery and all that stuff. I get it. But generally speaking, that balance of being able to eat, have fun, do the fun things. I even don't even want to say don't overdo it because like I know I won't overdo it because I'm just so happy with the way that I am living my life on a day-to-day basis when it comes to my nutrition combined with my fitness. And so I want you guys to try and find that. Just try to find it so that it feels really good and you're not beating yourself up. And so the one of the biggest ways to do that is when you go to dinner, I always say go out to dinner because going out to dinner the reason why it's a good scale for me is because a lot of times people go out to dinner and they're in a group and then they don't order everything that they want because they want to look like they're healthier than not that they really are, but they want to like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to order that. I'm not going to eat the bread. I'm eating the motherfucking bread. Do you hear me? Cause this is an event. This is exciting to me when I get bread and I get butter on the mother table and I now eat the bread and the butter and you're lucky if I don't add extra butter to it. I'm going to have fun. And I want you to find that balance. So when you do have these moments, whether it's being out or home or like a special date with your spouse or yourself, just to find the headspace so that you can feel really, really good about your nutrition. I know I went there a lot, but it's really important for me. It really will change your life. It will really make your day so much better if you don't literally try to throw away everything you're putting in your body, especially if it's a fun food. Now we're going to talk about the final thing, which you all know is now one of my favorite things. And that is freeing up the negativity in your head, real estate in your headspace about your mental health. All right. So I went to therapy last week, which is like, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but I went to therapy, my last therapy session before I filmed this. And it was, I would say one of my top three, if not top two favorite therapy sessions that I've ever had in my entire life, in the entire history of Sean T. And here's why. You know, I had to come out as gay. I didn't have to, but I did with my mom and it was fun. Actually, well, it wasn't super fun, but it ended up being a really great experience for me. And a lot, I know a lot of people don't have that experience with their parents, but I had a really great experience coming out with my mom. I felt really supported. I didn't realize that I had to come out of the closet about something else. And I was talking about this in therapy. And I also didn't realize how much of a weight it was having on my soul (laughs) in my chest. And the reason why I was having a lot of weight on my soul and in my chest, if you will, is because, you know, I had a lot to do with my grandparents because my grandparents, they literally saved my life. They literally saved my life. I mean, if I didn't go to live with them, if when I moved out of my house at 14 years old, if they said no to me living with them, I truly don't know where I would be right now. I truly do not know. 
And so I want to caveat that just because of what I'm going to say. So when I moved to my grandparents, my grandfather was a pastor. First, you know, my grandmother was a first lady. Our entire life was church. Gospel choir, prayer meeting, church on Sunday, after service, the meals. My grandmother had prayer breakfast on Fridays with the ladies, choir rehearsal on Saturday, reading the Bible at dinner, praying together at night, praying together before I went out with my friends. The whole thing. We prayed, we read the Bible. It was a whole thing. So I went to therapy last week. I'll get back to the religion thing in a second. One of the things we talked about is how you can actually, or how I can actually move on and not feel like I'm continuing on. Let me be clear about this so this makes sense. One of the things I'm going through with therapy is what am I going to do after fitness? I'm like, what am I going to do after fitness? And some people might be like, oh my gosh, like, what do you mean? What are you going to do after fitness? So one of the things we talked about is fitness is a vessel for me. It is a way for me to feel good where I'm able to deliver messages in a way that it comes from the core because when I'm fitnessing, it releases some endorphins that just makes me feel really good. It's very similar to when I'm dancing and it's really great. But the act of fitness, this weightlifting thing that I'm doing, this is actually like my love for fitness. Now, the insanities and the asylums and the power jumps and all that shit. I don't have a love for that. Like, I don't love that. I don't love the act of doing it. I love the act of what happens when I'm doing it. Let's be very clear. I love when shit gets really, really hard and I have to go into my mind and I'm like, how am I going to get through this? I, I think I just love a challenge. I love the maze. But the actual exercises, no, no. For me, there's nothing fun about it. Unless the only time it's fun is when I'm taking somebody else's class because I'm not thinking about it and then I can go only into the hard spaces. Anyway, here's the thing. For the longest time, I'm going to go into another story. This will all come together. If you read my book, I talk about running through the finish line a lot. I talk about like passing the baton to yourself. And I really enjoy the process of not finishing one thing, but finishing a lap of something in my life and passing the baton and be like, all right, what's next? Like I have this momentum. And so what I realize in my life is that I put pressure on myself to continue on. I put pressure on myself to say, I got to continue this relay race. And a relay race is only consists of four people, but I've been running this relay race forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now I'm going to circle back to the religion thing. 
So the first thing I've realized in this therapy session is, wait a minute. I'm still trying to pass this baton and my belief. And I'm like, but I don't believe like that. I'm not a Christian. I'm just not. Now, there's something out there. I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in being really great to people. There are some things in the Ten Commandments that I'm like, yes, like, thou shalt not kill. Like, there are a lot of things that I love by way of, like, affirmationals. And there's really good things. But when I think of the Bible, I'm like, first of all, you done changed 18,000 times. They got 18 versions of the King James and so on and so forth. And I just realized, I was like, I am forcing myself to like try to stay in this space of religion when I'm like, why is that a part of my narrative when it's just not? I'm a really good person. I treat people really well. I, at least I try to as best I can. I live in a good space of just like being a good human and helping people create really great existences and experiences in their life. I wake up every day and my main focus for my work is to help transform people's lives in a really good way. A woman came up to me on a treadmill the other day when I was warming up. I was like, how are you? I'm not one of those people where I ask you how you're doing and I expect you to say, okay. I was like, how are you? She's like, you know, I'm in a really dark place. I'm doing this in my life and it's affecting my relationship. And I'm like, listen, headphones out. Let's keep walking because I need to warm up, but let's talk about it. You know, and I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that's just like, all right, let's dive in. Let's go here. So the thing is, like, I give to people all the time, and I really like it until I don't, and then I just take my little break and I move on. But I realize in therapy, I'm like, I'm holding on to this religious thing for what? So I just felt so good to come out. It could be jarring for people out there who are Christians. And we had a, a guest a few weeks ago, a few episodes back, um, Christian A. Smith. You have to check out that episode. It's about theology. It's amazing. But for me, it was just like, I came out to be like, I grew up learning about Christianity, but I'm not a Christian and it doesn't define me. And it's okay for me to not be that way. And I know that there's a lot of other people out there who are streamlining their lives to try and not only fit a narrative, but fit into what their family told them they need to be like. And you're doing this for other people. You're doing it because it was a part of the foundation of who you are, but it's not truly how you want to live. There are really amazing pieces of religion or spirituality. That's not how I choose to believe. And I even would make this joke with my friend who's a Christian. And I would say, you know, I'm not going to curse around you on a Sunday because she's a Christian. And then I always follow it up with, man, you know, I do that. And, you know, she gets it. Me coming out about that actually stimulated a conversation with she and I of like me understanding where her Christianity lies and her faith. And it was just so profound. So that was the first thing that I was able to come out with, with therapy. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Now I'm going to circle all the way back when it comes to fitness in my career. So one of the reasons why I started back therapy again, besides the fact that I was feeling really great in my life and I wanted to sustain happiness is I'm a dad, a business owner, I'm 45. And I realized, and I've talked about this in therapy, I realized like, yo, most people, I'm going to put this in quotes, they work for 30 years and it's like, you know, I, I take teachers for instance, like 30 years and you can retire. 
And when I put that into perspective, I'm like, 30 years is a really long time to be doing something. And if there's no more growth to it, or you can't like fine tune what it is that you're doing and find a deeper way to do what it is that you're doing and growth and continue to do it, maybe it's time for you to move on. But what I've been forcing myself to do with fitness is like, okay, there's going to come a point where I don't know if it's I'm too old or there's going to come a point where I can't shoot workout videos anymore. And so when it came to me wanting to realize what it is that I wanted to do with my life as you know, fitness started to end in the way that it is now, I just kind of always felt that I needed to have that. And a lot of that comes from, you know, people in the entertainment industry. It's like, oh, they're a comedian or they're a singer or they're a rapper. And they have to hold on to that because that's how people knew them. And I would put that pressure on myself when it came to my growth. And in my mind, I kept being like, well, I got to hold on to fitness. I got to hold on to fitness. It's a vessel. And then I was in therapy and I just had this aha moment and this light bulb went off. Now I'm going to go back to the race that I'll tell you about, running through the finish line and passing over time to yourself. I said to my therapist, I was like, but what if I don't want this kind of fitness to continue on? Like, what if I just don't want to do this? And he was like, you know, what does that sound like? Because when I first went to him, I was like, I don't know where I am in the process of this race. I, don't, I was like, I don't know if I'm passing a baton or I don't know if I'm receiving a baton to start to run the next race in my life. And so in this last therapy session, I was like, what if the race is done? Like, what if this race is done? Like, what if the track meet is over? I have the chills. I have a sweatshirt on, but I have the chills. I was like, what if this is done? Like, what if I'm like getting ready to get on the bus and now instead of being at a track meet, I'm going to a tennis match. Like, why do I have to continue to song? When I tell you I was so free from the religion part and that part and just saying when the time is there, at least when the time comes, it's just not going to be this race anymore. It's just not going to be this. And it is okay for you to move on. My head, I want to say it exploded in a really good way. I was just, I was on cloud. I don't usually like to go above cloud nine or 100%, but I was literally on cloud 8,362,112. Like I was like, this is amazing. And it was so freeing. And the reason why I was so freeing is because I immediately found another pocket in my head, a free space to, for me to not only be creative, but have a desire to do whatever it is that I wanted to do. The other thing that was really amazing that my therapist said, because a lot of times when we either are making transitions in our life, especially when it comes to our careers, financially, it could be a stressor. It's like, oh, okay, well, I make this kind of money. Like, what am I going to do to make this kind of money? My therapist says something like really amazing. He was like, why can't you downsize your lifestyle for happiness? I was like, oh, my God. Now, don't get it twisted. I love making money. I'm a little competitive in that realm. But at the same time, it was an aha moment of like, he's like, you've proven that you're going to be successful at whatever it is that you want to do. Why does this particular amount of finances have to define what you have to do and be? There's, he's like, you can still be successful without making the money that you make. Like, You can still be that successful. It was just like such an eye-opening experience that really relieved the pressure in my head of like what it is I was going to do. But the thing that it did is realizing that and taking the pressure away, it almost expanded the space in which I'm able to create 
and have fun. I had so many ideas when I was leaving the therapy session. I'm like, because I'm competitive. I'm like, but I can make more money doing this and getting out of that and relying on that. It was crazy. So I say all that to say, I know that was like a lot of the maze that I was, I'm telling you about, but you can literally free your headspace by going to therapy, y'all. I know I say it a lot, but just being able to hear yourself talk, revisit your own story. Every single one of you out there can write a book and it will be an amazing story. It will be an incredible story. And therapy helps that for me. It helps me not only enhance my story, it just helps me remember more things about my story. It helps me obviously be able to come here and be a vessel to help you continue to trust and believe in who you are and continue to help you make the change because perfection is temporary. Change is constant. And so while I know you want to perfect where you are right now when it comes to your fitness and your nutrition and your mental health, I know you want to be at this level of getting 100% on a test. Sometimes it's just about changing. And when you start to change, you know, that percentage drops because you're learning. It's not even that it drops to a 70%, like you're getting a D. It just comes down to the fact that you're back in class about your own life. So last thing I'll say is, if you revisit you in these three realms, fitness, nutrition, and mental health, you can also be a student of yourself and you can teach yourself. And I will finish there. And I just want you all to continue to trust and believe in who you are.